In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. We have in front of us this morning the fifth chapter of St. Mark's Gospel. This is the famous Sermon on the Mount. And um, you may have spotted that there's a lot in this Gospel reading that we have this morning. I want to focus on just the, f- just the first part of it. You have heard it said of old, thou shalt not kill. But I say to you, if you're angry with your, with your brother, um, uh, and, and sister, the RSV has inserted the, the, the sister. Uh, if, 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 if what, say, what Jesus is saying, is he saying, remember Cain and Abel? Remember that? Yeah. So where did that murder start? It started in his heart. It's the same thing. So this is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew is presenting to us Jesus as the new Moses. God rescues the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. He makes a way out of no way. He leads them through the desert. He brings them to that mountain. There's fire and smoke on top of the mountain. Moses there goes up and talks with God face to face, and God gives to Moses for the people. We call them the Ten Commandments. They call them the Torah, the way the ten words, the ten words of life. This is the, this, this is the, these are the words that contain the true human life. You live this way, you'll never be slaves again. And God says when he puts these words of life in front of his people, what is being put before you today is the choice between life and death, between prosperity and adversity. Well, it's pretty clear, you know, if you have a society, right, in which there's unrestrained killing, unrestrained uh, 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 stealing, where uh, people are always conniving to get what their neighbor has, that, that society is not, going to, is not going to prosper. To love God with your whole heart and your neighbor as yourself, on these com- two commandments hang all the law and the pro- This is the true human life. Anything else is an existence, but it's not living. So this is the original covenant that God makes with his people. Now comes the new Moses to give a new covenant, to renew the old covenant, to give an additional meaning to the original covenant. And Moses gave the word of God on a mountain, and Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount, the Word of God on a mountain. And Jesus' sermon is about the Ten Commandments. And we call it the Sermon on the Mount. We could call it perhaps also uh, the real meaning of of the Ten Words of Life, or how to really live the Ten Commandments and really, and, and really live and not die. Now, what does Jesus do in these Ten Commandments? He raises the stakes. He raises the demand. Last week we heard that the demand that Jesus brings is a demand for absolute holiness. That's always been God's demand. That was God's demand on Adam and Eve. It's always been God's demand, a demand for absolute holiness of life, to love the Lord our God with all of our, our heart, mind, and strength, and our neighbors, ourself, uh, 
with a whole heart. One definition of sin is that which you cannot do with a whole heart. But Jesus, uh, he raises the stakes. He says, it's not enough to have an outward conformity. You also have to have the heart. Most of us pray God, thank God. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us have never been guilty of the criminal act of murder or the criminal act of manslaughter. But But all of us have had murderous thoughts in our hearts. You know this old joke about uh, the definition of stress? Stress is a feeling that is produced in the body when the mind tells the body not to strangle the living hell out of someone who desperately needs it. You know, you ever felt that way? Right. Uh, those of us that have had siblings never said to ourselves, I could have killed him or her. When we go up to the altar to receive communion, we, we, we walk across the virtues of the Christian life, faith, uh, the cross, hope, the anchor. The last one is love and this, this heart that's on fire. It's the heart of Jesus Christ that is completely on fire with love for God and for his, his brothers and sisters. So unless you have that life, that heart, you're not really hearing God and you're really not walking in God's way and you're really, to some degree, you're, you're dying rather than living. So Jesus, he takes, he takes the demand and he raises it to an unbearable moment. How are we to stand it? How is it going to be possible? Well, that's the dilemma that St. Paul is speaking about when he speaks to the church in Corinth. Now, you remember this story about the church in Corinth. Um, St. Paul has a missionary strategy. He goes to a town. He works there for a year or so. He preaches the gospel. He begins to form a church. He calls uh, some elders for that church. He ordains them, and then he's off to start the next church. And then behind him, he hears about problems. And now there's division, and there's party spirit, and there's quarreling, and, and, and envy, and, and, and bitterness, and backbiting, and, and gossip in the church in Corinth. And so St. Paul writes to them, and he, and he, says, he says to them, uh, one of the things that the people in Corinth are saying, some are saying that they're more spiritual than some of the other people in the, in the, in the congregation. Like, we're the real Christians, or like, we're the real spiritual people. And these other people, are, they're, def- they're defective in their faith, or they're defective in their spirituality. And St. Paul writes to them, and he says, the fact that you're saying that is diagnostic of the fact that you're not spiritual, he said, but fleshy. You're not, in the Greek, it's sukakoi. You're not, you're not pneumatikoi, rather, pneumatikoi is the word. You're not pneumatikoi, but you're sarkakoi, right? You're, uh, there are two words in Greeks, sarks and noima. And they're very, very important ideas in St. Paul. They're absolutely too essential the way that he presents the gospel of Jesus Christ. So sometimes people hear this and they say, oh, well, Christianity is against the body because it's against the flesh. That's not what flesh means in St. Paul. Sarks, uh, there's another word for body, which is soma. In St. Paul, sarks, flesh, means the whole human person in absolute rebellion against God. And there's a way of living, right, 
which is the way of rebellion against God. And that is, that is the way of the flesh. That is the way of the first Adam. That is the way of death, right? And then there's the way of the second Adam who brings the spirit, and that is the way of life. So God forms the man and the woman out of the earth, and then he breathes into them, and they become living souls. And then they, they violate the first word of life. They have something else before God. They listen to something else other than the word of God, and they turn away from God in rebellion. And then that's, that's the flesh. So in the Bible, the world, the flesh, and the devil, that's one firm. That's one corporate entity, right? That's a, that's a, that's a whole way of being that we are tempted to. Now, when Adam and Eve do that, they, they turn away from the life-giving spirit of God. And so they have existence, but they're dying. When Jesus Christ comes and he spreads out his arms of love on the hardwood of the cross, and the Father raises him in the power of the Spirit, he's given his life as a sacrifice for the world in order to bring new life, a new animation to the world. And he appears to his disciples that are hiding and frightened. And he shows them his hands and his side, and he breathes into them. Well, you see, the Adamic problem is being corrected, and humanity is being recreated in Jesus Christ by this immense sacrifice of love, and in the power of the Spirit brings the life-giving uh, in the power of the resurrection brings the life-giving spirit. So uh, how is it that we can possibly have this heart that we see every time we go to communion? What is given to us is a gift, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that inflames the heart with love for God and love for our brothers and sisters, is given to us in our baptism. But as we, as we move through this world, we're, we're so to speak, I'll mix my metaphors, we're, we're amphibians. There's a struggle in us between the old Adam and the new Adam. Martin Luther says, you've heard me say this before, Martin Luther says, the old Adam is resilient. You have to take him to the baptismal font and drown him every day. There's a struggle between living according to the flesh and living according to the Spirit. St. Paul says to his congregations, therefore walk in the Spirit. Don't walk according to the flesh. How do we do that? That's why we come here. How you do that is by reaching out to the gift of new life and to the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is given to us in and through Jesus Christ. How do you do that? By repentance and faith. By repentance and faith. So, quarrels come. Divisions come. We live in a very, we, you know, everybody's commenting upon this now. We live in a very polarized time. We live in a very divided society. It is, it is, um, it is one of the symptoms of the bleeding away of the, Christ, of the Christian ethos in our society, that, that things that used to be considered shameful are now considered 
laudatory. When I was a child, um, to, to, you know, to speak ill of anyone was considered shameful. Your, your parents corrected you if you, expect, if you expressed scorn and contempt for, for someone, you know? Let's say there was a, a famous trial going on in the paper, and if somebody said, oh, they ought to fry him, people looked away and they were embarrassed and ashamed, right? We, 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 we've lost that now. And uh, rather than the spirit of reconciliation leaking from the church into the world, the spirit, of, the spirit of division leaks from the world into the church. There are, there are quarrels that will come in every church. There are quarrels in our time. There are divisions in our time. There are serious issues that are before the church. Divorce, abortion, the definition of marriage. And they try the hearts and consciences of people. How in the midst of these controversies, how in the midst of these arguments are we to avoid losing our souls? Are we to avoid turning away from walking in the spirit to walking after the flesh? There's only one way, and that is by reaching out in repentance and faith for the new life the new heart and the new spirit that is ours only in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know this prayer of the psalmist, Lord, renew a right spirit within me? That's why we come here week by week. Lord, renew a right spirit within me. We kneel down in repentance, and in faith we reach out and grasp this incredible gift that has come to us at this great price. We look to the right and we look to the left, right, in all kinds of ways, and what do we see? We see, we see the great democracy of sinners and the great democracy of the redeemed. And out of the gratitude that wells up in our hearts for the, the life that is given to us who are dying, we regard even those with whom we have profound differences with tenderness and charity. The symptoms of the flesh are quarreling, anger, hatred, divisions, backbiting, gossip. The symptoms of walking after the spirit are charity, tenderness, patience, compassion, unity. How are we to maintain the bond of the, the unity, the bond of peace in the unity of the Spirit? How are we to do that? By repentance and faith, by hearing uh, this word, this comfortable word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen.